Good morning. This is Tasha of Talk to Tasha, Life and Stuff. So today we're going to be talking about the power of getting up. Girl, when I tell you the storms of life come and you think that you are strong, but then when another level of attack hits your life and you just don't know if you have the stamina to get through, can I tell you I can relate? I'm right there with you, sis. But what I want to tell you is that you have got to rest in that place. Because oftentimes when the storm hit, when we're talking about a spiritual storm, we kind of deal with it in a natural. You know, in a physical storm, you know, the one thing that we have is fight or flight, right? So we get up immediately. Because we we scared. You grabbing up the kids, grandkids, the dogs, the cats for you animal lovers. And you are trying to get away as quickly, expeditiously as possible. Which is understandable. Who want to be in the eye of the storm? Ill-equipped. You can't fight it. It's too big. And so when we go into the spiritual storms a life that God allow us and permit us to go through, we tend to want to pack up, move quick, gather things or not, and move on to another donation or destination that's safe. And see, on the spiritual realm, it's quite differently. Because when the storms of life come spiritually, I have found that you have got to marinate in what's going on. You have to, to, instead of, you know, speeding up and moving and packing and, and trying to get out of there, you have to surrender. And when you surrender, that means you don't have both hands on the steering wheel. You're not in the car with the seatbelt on. you all open to God. And you're saying, I'm surrendering all. Because then at this point, he's giving you the compass on what to pack up and what to unpack and how to move and when to move and all the guidances that you need to get through this for your own protection and growth. And so I wanted to stop by and tell you that the power of get up, it comes with power because when you go through a spiritual storm, now you're guided and your attention is focused on God who gives you the instructions on how to get out of that thing, how to get on the other side of that thing, how to get through that thing. And see, it's quite different from a physical storm, like I stated before. Where you go into panic mode, you, some of us call our family and friends that we love and be like, girl, did you see on the news? Did you hear on the radio? The storm is coming. It's on his or her way. Let's go. And if you're too freaked out, you just, you just, you pack up with what you got on your back and you you run like hell because you're scared you forget to call mama and them and sister and them because at this point you're just trying to protect you and yours which is understandable and that's what we do when we're in a state of panic and so what I know about the spiritual storms we don't have to panic we have to look at it like okay Lord when I'm resting in this thing comes forth relaxation and clarity the spirit of panic don't have to overtake my life because now I'm sitting in the resting place listening to you oh father which way do I go the storm coming from the north and the south and sometimes you may equip me in my resting moment to go south and head on in that book of bear you're going to be okay because your full armor is locked in and locked on he might say you're not finna call the get along gang in this storm. It's just you and I. Much as you love them kids, they belong to him. He might say it's not time to slow down in this and, and call everybody and tell them to pack up and let's go because this is a me and you thing. And so for, for some of us, that's scary because we don't know how to do the God and me thing. You want so, so bad the best for everyone else at your own detriment. And that's something that I see that's common with us care bears. You know, you're so busy, you know, trying to protect and guard and save everyone else. 
not realizing you haven't put on the life mask for yourself. So in the midst of you trying to mask someone else up with oxygen, you fall, you find yourself on the floor yourself. Which means everyone around you going to die because you can't do what, what you don't have within you to do. You might make it to me with a mask, but you don't have enough stamina to help me with all the proper steps to get it on so that it can help me because your oxygen tank done ran low and in the midst of you trying to help me you done fell all the way out so here you are a room full of dead folks spiritually, emotionally and so I just want to encourage you on today to realize you cannot handle a spiritual storm the same way you do a natural storm one might argue that a spiritual storm is a natural storm, but I, I would argue the other because everybody's not connected spiritually. So they can't align a physical storm with the natural because they don't know or they choose not to know because God gave us what? Free will and decision to do something else. He doesn't chase us down like some of y'all want these men to chase you down validate you and stroke your hair and tell you how beautiful you look God is not finna chase you down and let you know up until now what you've been through if you don't know by now you know you just don't know or choose not to know you don't you choose not to go to the power source that's a free will and choice so when a physical storm or when a, a spiritual storm hit all you know how to do is react in what you would do in the physical storm and what happens is when you react how you would in the physical storm, you get exhausted. You're tired. You're running out the wrong door, the back door. You're running over here, running over there. You think you're going to find cover and shelter at your homegirl house only to find out she got a storm going on that's bigger than yours. And So you're looking up. The water of life is coming and it's feeling like it's going to drown and overtake you and you over here thinking, well, okay, girl, let's jump in the car and go over there. Find out you can't start your car up because the freeways is full of panicking people trying to get up out of there. And on the spiritual realm, you just can't run like that like you do on the physical. On the spiritual realm, you got to sit yourself down and get clear direction. Those directions don't come all in one day. They don't call, come in all one month. So what do you have to do? You have to be patient. He's going to give you the basic instructions to keep you abreast. But he's not going to free you up in the same day. He may or may not. I just can't speak on how he operates in everybody's life. But I can say it's not a quick survive, survival of the fittest, get over it, boot camp type, hurry up, get me through this so I can go on back to watching my TV, regular station TV program. That's where I keep empowered, get challenged. Because we want something super quick. You want the pain to be gone super fast. But then you want the miracle on the other side of that process. When we thought, when we think about pregnancy, you know, the pain. Some people have labor pains and in labor for days and weeks. Some people in labor for hours. God bless them. Some people have... You know, the baby just pop on out in the bathroom. I, I done heard some people say. Didn't even know they was in labor. Popping out in cars. And as soon as you get in the emergency room, the baby just pop on out. Not really fully recognizing that you was in labor the whole time. So there's different experiences, right? But on the other side of whatever that experience was, pain or not. I do know in my lifetime, I have not heard a woman that physically gave birth has not spoke to me personally about it wasn't some level of pain on some kind of level whether or not the baby came quickly unannounced or whatever all the folks that I've run through through my 40 some years of living they have spoke that it was painful maybe not as painful as others but there was some level of pain but on the other side, you know, they smiling so big and bright that it was all worth it once their baby came on out. And we'll talk about on a whole nother podcast once that book of bear grow up. 
and you want to choke them. But even your spouse or your significant other that was on the other side of that labor and delivery process with you, he couldn't bear that pain. He witnessed it and co-signed for it. I don't even know if we can call it a co-sign. Because when you think about a co-sign, you can't get that thing unless that person thing is signed off and approved. And see, with pregnancy and delivery in this context that I'm talking about, I'm going to take, I'm going to scratch co-signing off the record. Because, see, that baby coming with or without his approval of signing off. That's a miraculous miracle of God that takes place through our bodies. Whether you had a C-section, epidural, a midwife, delivery at the house, whatever. Don't lose the context of which I'm trying to imply here. So even though that person on your sideline rooting you on and trying to tell you to breathe and encouraging you try to do this or that because they mean well they don't know what to tell you they see that you in this utter pain and a lot of the guys feel so powerless they like the, the love of my life is finna go do some things and I feel so bad because part of me has something to do with it when we exchange these good bodily fluids and I know we're gonna have something we believe in by faith this baby or two for some of you got more than one birth uh, more than one baby at the same time you know, we know these babies about to pop on out. And I just feel so guilty. And I just feel so bad. Because I can't bear the pain for the one I love. And I know it's going to be a mutual benefit for both of us. But she alone has to go through this pain. And so that's what happens when we're going through the spiritual storms of life. Can't nobody go through it with you or for you. They might can be there. Telling you breathe left, breathe right. Deep breaths in and all the stuff that you forget about because you ain't trying to hear that mess. You just want this stuff to be over. But can I tell you, we all mature enough to know the well-intended person rooting you on on the sideline, baby, they can't even get you out. Just like running on a physical storm to Uncle Bubba and them house and, 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 and Auntie Gwen and them house. Only to find out that the, the flood's going on over there with them too. So you're running in all these different places thinking somebody's going to rescue you. And God said, I'm here all along. I've been here all along waiting on you to surrender. Waiting on you to get clear direction from me. But you just can't because your GPS is set for everybody else's house. And everybody else's storm and situation. That you can't even hear my GPS. So I want you to get up. And then sit back down and allow a good stretch and a deep breath and say, Lord, what is the GPS tracking device that I've been running from that you have on my life? What is it? And then you have to be sitting still long enough to get the answer and the directions. Because hands down through the storm, whether physical or spiritual, he is going to get you through. But you missed the direction and the compass. You on the wrong freeway. So the exit that you're looking to get off of, it won't exist because you on the, the wrong freeway of life. You going northbound, he said go southbound. But your physical instinct that's off the Richter, going off your cell phone device because you Googled it. And you trust the man-made device that says go, go this way. Instead of being in that quiet and spiritual place. To go that away. And you find yourself. Looking and looking and looking. Where's the exit? Where's the exit? Which way am I supposed to go? The map says such and such. GPS on my phone says such and such. And by the way I got a $2,000 iPhone. It ain't going to steer me wrong. Y'all know how some of us kid. Oh, I don't have Cricket or Metro. I got the real deal from Apple. How dare this thing take me the wrong direction? We got so much uh, faith and man-made stuff and bells and whistles. And we don't realize that everything that's available to us, it comes without a price tag. You don't even need a payment installment arrangement. All you got to do is be still and trust that he's your GPS He's your exit through the storm. 
He's your guide through the storm. He's your lens when the storm is foggy. He's your bright lights when you don't seem like you got vision. Praise God. He's all those things with no type of price. And if for those of you who don't move unless you got to pay something, the price you got to pay is to surrender and be still and know that God is God. And he has got to be with you all by himself. Because once you get clear to go forth and go in the direction in which he called you, everybody behind you have got to be subject to that in your household and your family and all those things. So you guys be well, be encouraged, mm -hmm. but don't try to get up in your own strength and power without having, if you're going to get up, get up and take a stretch break. Take a stretch because some of our joints is a little bit toxic turvy. We ain't moved them in a long time. But understand and getting up and stretching, you position that body for something new. For some of us, it's unhealthy up out here. I ain't stretched a leg or a hamstring or did no type of exercise in months of Sunday. But we're talking about we want to be healthy. That's a whole nother topic for a whole nother podcast. But be willing to surrender fully, whatever that may look like. Get out the business of repeating your storm to folks. That's a you and God thing sometimes, oftentimes. And that's your way of telling him, yes, it stink real bad. I'm uncertain, but Lord, I trust you. I trust you for my kids. I trust you for my sanity. I trust you for my spouse that don't exist yet. I, I trust you for, for my finances to be what they need to be at the time that I'm mature enough financially to handle it. Let's be real. A lot of us, money, our relationship money, our money with relationship or whatever I'm trying to say, your relationship with money is toxic-turvy because your relationship with yourself is toxic-turvy. And all our emotions and the way we deal with certain things externally and internally are interconnected and booed up and married together. And this is why you can't get a bank account with what it needs to be because you, quite frankly, not ready for it. I'm a witness to that myself. So you guys be well. Get up and declare that you are going to get through things not in your own power, but coupled with the director of our life, our CEO and our compass, which is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I promise you, you will get up with more power, more strength, more faith, more encouragement, more clarity. And then you won't be making yourself so freely available to everybody and their mom and daddy. Girl, that's why you out here tired doing all of that stuff without the proper GPS. So I love y'all for real. I'll see you guys at the top. Until next time, own up to your power. Own up to the fact that you have neglected your power source. Repent and get back in alignment. And I'll see you guys on the top of your testimony because I can't wait to hardly hear the outcome of what you're going to do with the information the Lord has poured before us this morning. You guys be well. I love you for real. Sunday. It is Sunday here in Fresno, California. This is Tasha, your girl from Talk to Tasha, where I get women to relax from high stress lifestyles. So today I went to church. Girl, I was going to sleep in. Let me tell you, sometimes you get lazy and you just like, I don't want to get out the bed. I just want to lay up. And so the Spirit, the Holy Spirit was tapping on my shoulder and like girl get up so i am super excited that i got up and i am super excited that i listened to um the holy spirit allowing me to get my butt up off that couch and just really come down and fellowship and lock arms with other individuals in the church you know and today's word can i tell y'all today's word it was based out of Acts chapter 3 verses 1 through 8. And the word is, I can handle it. You can handle it. Whatever that it is that got you bogged down, laid up, stressed up, tied down, bondage up, angry, 
all the different things that mess with our head space, our heart space, our body space. Girl, the word was so rich. It was like, you can handle it. You can handle it. What is that it in your life that you feel like you just cannot handle? You can handle it. And that was the premise in which the word was spoken. And I was just like, wow, God, you are so amazing. Like, what you're going through is um, not real is what Sister Maria had talked about today. What you're going through is not real. It's like we tell people, you know, your diagnosis and your medical report is not who you are. You know, it's what you do. Your job title is not who you are, it's what you do and how you serve. So therefore, if those situations change, you don't fall all the way out with an identity crisis. So you can handle it. And the way you're going to handle it is through prayer. I know that's something a lot of us struggle with because, you know, we tend to go to prayer when we are in a crisis mode. We tend to go to emergency room when there's an emergency. But you have ignored the signs up until now that maybe systematic, symptomatically you've been having signs that something's not quite right with your, you know, headaches and body aches and flus and colds and coughs and heart troubles. And, you know, you get little subtle signs, but oftentimes we, you know, ignore them until they become a whole full emergency. And remember, emergency room is not designed to, you know, drop everything that they're doing with every other patient and just deal with you. They have people that was before you there for hours, probably the night before even. But we drop into to their space and think everything's supposed to stop. And if y'all got family like mine, you know, if I'm laid up sick or you laid up sick and not feeling well, you in the emergency room waiting too long what do your family member do for those that actually show up and care you know the other ones they want you to text them and give them an update let me know what happened i heard such and such why you got to hear stuff why don't you go on and pray for the situation that healing be be, be um before the person but some of the relatives some of your spouses and stuff you know your kids they might be up in there like hold on my mom over here struggling. She been waiting for four, five hours. When y'all gonna see her? We need her to be seen. She got a fever of what the what, whoop the whoop. You know, because they panicking. They care about you and they want them to, they want the emergency people to make your situation an emergency. But at some time in our own life, we don't even make our prayer life an emergency. We don't make it a lifestyle until it's a crisis, like I said. And then you wanna go 911 to Jesus Lord, help me again, and if I do this, if you bring me through this, I'll do that. And then once he brings you through, we suddenly forget. And then we go back to complaining and whining about stuff. You know, we, we all can be honest. We all been guilty of that. But we got to step into that awareness and say, you know, you can't be coming to God like he's an emergency response worker. He's all things at all times. But, I mean, to come to him, how would you feel? Not that he's stuck off of his feelings like humans are but let's break this down if I came to you only when I was in a crisis you got the same friend that's calling you every time she in a relationship crisis every time stuff is upside down in her life or his life you know you got buddies that call you and you over here like look I have my own problems but we don't vocalize that to the people we don't vocalize that you on the phone your blood pressure going up because your friend telling you all this stuff going on and then you got stuff going on with your kids you know what i'm telling you today the word about you can handle it it doesn't mean that you can handle everybody else stuff let's not get that confused because everybody else stuff is not your project and this is where a lot of us lose sight of i can handle it oh i can handle my son and his you know relationship issue my daughter her financial issue I can handle my sister and them stuff. They over here with crisis is going on. God did not call you to be a crisis a worker in their life. In fact, you might be standing in the way of the deliverance God have them uh, going through. The pipelining. You know, you have got to understand when in the context of you can handle it, 
It has to do with things that you're going through personally. You know? Or, and, and, and even including stuff going on with the people that you love. They got stuff going on, but it doesn't mean you got to step in like a firefighter try to extinguish the situation because you don't want people to go through pain. It's not about what you want and I want. It's about what God allowing them to go through to mature them, just like he's doing with you and I. So what? In, in essence, you can handle getting the news that somebody you love is going through something without stepping your little hands in and thinking you're going to make a light weight for them. Be led by the Holy Spirit because your well intentions does not always mean that we're being obedient. So step off of here and be like, I can handle it. I can handle telling the person I love I'm no longer going to support them in this way. I can handle the uh, recourse of when I'm telling a friend I'm no longer going to answer her countless calls about her and Johnny breaking up for the hundredth time and you over here trying to keep your own self saved, your own self sane, your own self out of the nutty hospital. You know, so when you talk about you can handle it, that is God's keeping power saying whatever you're going through right now in this moment as you're listening to me, you are going to get through it. You got to declare out of your own lips and not the lips of others because we get lazy acting like we can't pray over our own situation. I can handle it. Say that with me. I can handle it. And you go and you read Acts chapter 3 verses 1 through 8. That's only 8 scripture, 8 verses. At what point are you going to make time to get in his word? So that it can give you the keeping power so you can declare in boldness, I can handle it. With God on your side and your, your strength and directive, direction and compass, you can handle it. Quit talking about, I can't do it, it's too hot. I can't do it, it's too cold. I can't do it because my money messed up. Don't that just sound blah? But what about you start to reframe and stand in holy boldness no matter what the situation looked like and say, I can handle this, Lord. You got me through this last year. You got me through this last month. You got me through the week last week. I can handle this. I can handle what you put before me because I'm using you as the compass of my life to direct and guide me through this divine situation that you saw fit for me to go through and this is why you got to protect your spirit ladies quit allowing other people to come all up in your mix because you can have a spiritual high day and that spirit of uh you know give up and lack and all of that by way of some of your dear dearly friends and beloved relatives they get to calling you and all of a sudden you listen to they they heaviness okay and then all of a sudden you was on the mountaintop feeling good about yourself. Done left church. Feel like you finna cook a little meal. You know, you finna start unsnapping bras and taking shoes off and put your little moo-moo on so you can relax. And then you find yourself back full circle. Because why? You love people so much more than you love your keeping power. You love people so much more than you love the direction and, and, and uh, direction and, um, next move that God wants you to do and so if you put it in that context that should help some of you guys to say you know what this is a God thing I can't handle nothing without God and he didn't tell me to come over here and be your rescue 911 person there's a price to pay for who you are and you have to understand the spirit of God is your supply our supply so she really talked about that there's a price that we pay for who we are. And understand, it's not about who you are, but whose you are. We are the daughters of the Most High King and Prince who brought us into this world for a divine purpose. And it grieves my heart to see people running around in circles talking about the same hurts and pains from 
the 70s and the 80s and 90s. Here we are in 2019, and the person is still stuck. Yeah, you had some raw deals given to you or, you know, pushed up on you and wasn't fair and equitable. And if you listen around, a lot of us can, can relate. Some worse than others. But God remains constant. And you can handle it because he allowed you to go through. He allowed you to go through. So you guys be encouraged and understand that there's a price to pay for who you are. You wasn't made great and marvelous in his sight just to be mediocre. So your down and stuck season is completely over is what she talked about. Your down and ducks uh, your down and stuck season is over. The reason why that struck well with me because it's married up to I can do it. I can handle it. So when I'm declaring that over my life and I invite you guys to do the same, it only makes sense that your down and stuck season will be over because now you stepped up boldly and declared that you're going to get through some things. You can handle some things. You're not going to die anything. So, of course, with that affirmation, that declaration with holy boldness, of course, your down season, your bonding season, your stuck season is over. You got to believe that. Do you believe that? Your stuck season is over for your children. You know, the other thing we talked about uh, today in service is leap, taking a leap, taking a leap for your children, taking a leap over your finances, taking a leap over your mental wellness, taking a leap. And when you leap, you got to move. You can't leap just, just sitting up, sucking your thumb. Leap requires action. Leaps require action. And guess what? If you're in the wheelchair, you can still leap on a level that, that makes sense to you in your situation. If you death hard of hearing mute and can't see, you can still leap because the mindset of leaping starts in the mind. When you, be, when you be, begin to start declaring things over your life that you can handle it, that starts in your mind before you start getting up with holy boldness saying I got this Lord you got me you gave me the smarts and the goods to do what I got to do you gave me the right mindset to do what I got to do you gave me the smart discernment to know when the smoky house is on fire or the, the smoke coming in the house it's, it, it must be some fire about to pop off you know how to start declaring and, and praying up against that, that spirit that's trying to divide your house so the Bible tells us warning comes before destruction. So what warning signs have you been ignoring the smoke of life that you've been sniffing and smelling? Y'all know how we be in the house. And you tell your kids or the people in the house, hey, y'all smell something? And the next person may not smell it. But you can smell it. You're like, wait, hold on. I smell something. It, it smells like something burning. Especially when y'all candle lovers like me you know, you blow out a candle, the first residue of a candle, that aroma that smells so good, once you blow it out, it smells like smoke. It no, no longer smells, you know, pleasant. The scented fragrance of the candle goes away quickly, and then you start to smell um, the, the smell of smoke and something burning. And you might freak out and be like, hey, hold on, what is that smell? So this is a thing you have to do. You have to be mindful of the things and the warning signs before you that's smelling like smoke, something about to burn up. But you want to go back in the burning house and try to fix it. You can handle it, but he didn't tell you to go handle every little thing. You can handle and trust that uh, what you're smelling, figuratively speaking, or what you're experiencing by way of relationship or the lack thereof, or what you're experiencing on the job, what you're experiencing in your health. All these different things are signs that you can handle it. What you can't handle is an overwhelming amount of assignment and blame and obligation that you put on your life 
that does not belong to you. And so that's why I think people really get overwhelmed because you feel like if you heard this word, you'll be like, I can handle my son's stuff. I can handle blah, blah, blah. But can you? No, that's not what he's saying. You don't personally need to feel like you got to handle their stuff. But I'll be with y'all in a minute. You guys be well. The prayer points for today is to pray for your family. Pray for your next level that you prepared. Pray off anxiety and fear. If you have childhood traumas, been violated on any level, pray that the Lord heal you from that. And be okay with getting help is what we talked about. Go get the needed extra help if you need therapy, counseling, or whatever in addition to your prayer. It is totally okay. Some of us is dealing with a lot of traumatic booger bears. Um, and we can handle it, but it's not for us to handle alone. And so get be supported. Acknowledge that you're at a place of burnout. Acknowledge that you're at a place that you up until now try to handle things all on your own. But there's, although we're living in a world of a lot of messiness and corruptness, there's also countless number of supportive people that's there for you. But you have to open up your mouth and declare that you you deserve your healing. You deserve better. You deserve um, peace. You deserve to break the generational curse and bondage off your life. You deserve another testimony outside of being broken all the time. All right, this is your girl Tosh. I'll see y'all on the next one. Until next time, you guys, be well. Hey, everybody, this is your girl Tasha of Talk to Tasha. So it is Friday night. I know many people across the country, they go out to happy hour. They just want to take an unplug from the work. They made it through the week. For most of you who have, you know, work schedules Monday through Friday, you just want to relax, let your hair down, and just relax. And so tonight, I just want to give some insights on, uh, you know, celebrating yourself every single chance that you can get. We are living at a time that we cannot wait until Friday to be happy. And the way the happy hours are set up, they give you specials and promotions to tap into the vulnerabilities many of us have. Maybe you're going through relationship chaos and you're kind of uh, upset about the little pay that they're giving you on the job and you're in transition in your careers and you got a little toxic turvy going on with people around you that's supposed to love you and they don't and so what happens is even the most uh budget restricted person they find twenty dollars to get down to happy hour on friday to meet up with a couple of buddies for the little specials and then you you know barely have enough money to tip the people but the point is you want to feel happy you want some happy juice in your life i understand what you're going through you know, I am just uh, wanting to impart it to you is what happens when the drink is gone. The $20 is gone. The $40 is gone. And a lot of times people say they want better finances and they want a better, you know, portfolio, if you will. But constantly every Friday, you have people all over the place posting plates and selfies and drinks with strawberries all in it. I mean, it's fun to get out and have a good time with your friends, however you define that. But make sure you're very clear about the reason why we do the things that we do. And I know for sure that a lot of people is chasing this peace and happiness and, oh, you want to be loved and you want to be cherished and honored. But we're really not a people that compromise because the same person you're wanting to be entangled with, whether intimate relationship or not, are you willing to compromise some of your values and morals, you know, or is it just one-sided? Is your happy hour defined the way you want it and you don't have room for flexibility and reaching down to your peace and happiness? So, for example, you get, uh, you know, hooked up with someone 
and they don't necessarily want to go out and drink. Maybe they find their happiness going to fellowship at the church house. And maybe you haven't been to church fellowshipping with folks 10, 15, 30 years or haven't never been in your life. And so are you willing to compromise the way you get down for your happy versus the person that's brought into your life that's showing you another way? And so that's something to explore because I know this whole movement of being happy and happy hour is quite expensive. You know, I know people that, you know, sit in their cars and call in their different credit card companies to see how much they have on their card, to see how much available on their card before they walk inside the happy hour joint, the restaurant or the happy hour gig, just to see how much is available on that card before they go in there. So if you in that position, that's bondage because you over here trying to see what's available, that let me know you strapped for cash. And so can you really afford to keep chasing after happiness by any means necessary if it means getting more and more in debt? And when you're done with it all, folks, you still don't feel happy. You're probably happy for the moment. You're probably happy for the moment. But is that the vehicle you want to be in to drive you to your next destination? How far can you get with a little tank of gas? How far can you go? You say you want to go 300 miles because you're going to the next jazz fest or whatnot. But can you really get there on the half a tank? Now apply that to your spiritual walk. How much peace can you get when you're rolling on empty on the inside? You're rolling on that little happy, happy, uh, the happy hour special that they promoting to you. And then you look up next week, you know, your check is run. You're running out of money at the end of the month because you done imparted some of your money for the sake of happiness and made a deposit in the wrong account. Your spiritual account is on low. But ain't nobody stopping and telling you, wait a minute, hold on. You're going to places and making a deposit in areas of your life that's not giving you a return on your money. I.e. gambling. I.e. constantly out eating. Constantly not doing this and constantly. We in a world where people want convenience more than anything. I know I was in that phase of my life. I'm not talking at y'all. I'm talking with you guys. But you got to wake up and smell the pneumonia. Because I tell y'all, smelling the coffee is not strong enough for some of us. And so you really have to be clear about, okay, I want to be happy. What does that look like for me? And then for some of you guys that are in relationships, you know, the, the partner wants to be happy. What does happiness look like for him or her? You know, it might look a little different. Are you willing to compromise? Because we have a lot of self-centered people that says it's my way or no way. My way of happiness is doing X, Y, and Z. And if he wants to pull up on me, he has to do what I want to do. So how do you expect to have a mutually benefited relationship when you're not willing to compromise? But you saying you want to be happy, you want to be in companionship with someone. So sometimes we can be a really selfish. We can push back the very thing that's coming to us to complete the whole pick, uh, puzzle. But then you want it on your terms only. And then you flip it around for us parents. You wouldn't want your same child to be date, dating and booed up with that same type of personality. So why do you think it's always your way or the highway? And there is studies that show people can die from loneliness. You can have all the money in the world, travel, do all of these wonderful things, have the most wonderful job and career, but loneliness is a thing. Loneliness can starve you out. Loneliness can have you isolated and feeling thoroughly depressed. Loneliness can push back some really rich relationships because you don't have the ability or um, you don't have the ability or the heart to compromise. I know you're smart. I know you know a lot. But can we say we don't know everything? God put people in our life to complete certain areas in our life maybe we didn't have an awareness for. And sometimes we disregard it because we feel like we know it all or that person can't tell me anything. Don't you know God used babies? You know, he used 
all kinds of people like he did with me the other day with the homeless guy the guy just ministered all up in my life at the post office you know he started out begging for money I told him I didn't have it and then he started giving me solutions to my unemployment issue I was like dude I got denied I'm over here living off faith and mercy right now he ended up spending some time telling me how to appeal the process and how he went through the same situation and won his case he didn't he wasn't the cleanest on the outside but his heart was pure and I was open to listen to what he had to tell me I wasn't above him who am I to say oh he can't tell me nothing he look a hot mess when you look at all of us you know internally a lot of us is twinsies when it comes to the hot mess internally but we're not willing to own up to that you know we size people up on based on what they look like so ask yourself on your next happy hour what are you really seeking it's a beautiful thing to go out and fellowship and have a good time but what are you really missing in your life because buying the next thing going to the next city in the country to relocate relocate and buying new clothes buying a new sofa painting the wall moving the couch to this wall getting the bedroom set you know getting a new man changing jobs becoming a manager all those different things are fine and dandy but if you live your life according to changing the superficial things guaranteed you're gonna be at somebody happy hour cashing out because you're looking for something much deeper than what you are aligning yourself with and birds of a feather flock together and so that's why you see me nowadays i know i need to get healthy i know i need to be fighting up against this generational stuff of diabetes and you know uh i don't want to be reactive so i have to tell people now instead of me going out eating all the time let's meet up for a walk and i've had people do just that i don't want to go out to eat all the time because a lot of times you know, if you anything like me, I'm kind of greedy in a sense. Girl, you talking about taking me to a restaurant and you going to pull the tab? Girl, I would pull up on E in my car. Can we speak the real? When somebody talking about taking you out to potatoes and steak and they going to pick up the tab? Girl, Miss Jones will get up in that car. That car, gas light will be on and I'll swoop up. That's how my mindset was. I like free stuff. So then I start saying, wow, everybody trying to treat me to this and that. But when I get there, it's all about, you know, they dumping their stuff on you. I'm like, girl, the more they dumping their stuff on me, the more I'm eating. Just a hot mess. But, you know, owning up to it, it frees you up. Because you're like, you know what, sis? You don't have to really, um, you don't have to feel obligated to, you know, take me out to eat. But let's go for a walk. And so now that some of us been doing walks and then processing what we're going through, it's a win-win. You're getting the stuff off your chest with a trusted individual, and then you turn around, and you done walked off some miles. You know, and that's what I'm telling you that's going to get to the core of what's going to release you from some of this stuff that you're chasing after. So I hope this podcast makes sense and some awarenesses, because I'm all about life and stuff being very transparent about my drama and you know learning from it don't be in denial about what's going on because you can't fool nobody but yourself and so this is what grieves me to see people working 20 30 40 years and you still ain't got enough you know ends to meet up together or a little overflow so you can take a vacation that you deserve to live and some of y'all really need to graduate up from some of these people y'all rolling with. Because everybody grow at different pace and different levels. It doesn't mean that you're better than them. But if your happy hour looks a little different from the next, then why do you compromise? Oh, because it's a free meal? Because you know, some of us, food is a drug for us. You're going to feed me for free. You show up to everything. You have got to stop pulling up on stuff because it's free. Because all things free is not good. So protect your temple, figure out what the what the happy, you know, and I say go deeper, go go deeper, go to joy, because joy is going to be there whether or not the thing in front of you is happy or not. Joy is one of those faith things. I got joy when I think about what he's done for me. I got joy that he's going to work that situation out despite what it looks like. 
So that's what I wanted you guys to consider tonight. Uh, you know, have other people join the podcast. I'll have some guests on here. We could talk about life and stuff, you know, because this, this world up out here got everybody on this robust type of lifestyle chasing after everything. You know, we so robotic that we driving while driving while on the phone and, you know, driving and talking all day on the phone. They even talk to your kids and won't even pick up the phone to call your mama and tell her happy birthday. You're texting her and nothing like hearing her voice or his voice for your dads and brothers and stuff. And remember, as believers, you know, it's not about how people treat us. It's how we respond to them that make all the difference. So I love y'all for real, but really redefine what your happy hour looks like. And then once you get down to joy, you don't have to limit your happy just to one hour. It can be a lifestyle. And remember, the storms of life is not designed for you to be happy all the time. I tell my kid all the time, he talking about he bored, I ain't got nothing to do. I say, son, my job is not to make you happy and entertain you. You old enough to go create some type of uh, enjoyment for yourself. You know, he got some projects that he want to do. And he's at a phase, he's super creative and all about politics and history. And I said, he said, Mom, what do you think about this? I have an idea. I said, son, use your creative space. I said, use your creative space in your head. And if it's law-abiding and it's going to impact the people, because I told him I, he wanted me to invest in him a studio, some studio uh, time. And I said, you know what? What is it all about? If you can't articulate to me what it's all about and if it's going to make this world a better place, I'm all down for it. But if it's going against the grain in which I raised you, you already know and I'm not finna invest in that. No, mom, I'm just, you know, I, I, I peep game on, you know, the politics of the world and all the social injustices. So I write and I sing and I write about that. I said, okay, so come with it. You got to be ready for it. When you invest, you come to me to invest in you and you can't spit nothing for me right now or show me the projects you're doing. And so we got a conversation we got to have, you know, around, you know, what's bringing him happiness and peace. And he has to present that to me. I'm not going to make it easy for him. And that's the same thing you guys should be doing for yourself. Don't make people come in your life and make it easy for them to dump stuff on you or listen to their stuff while you over here going through your own stuff and trying to find happy at the bottom of a glass. Baby, I like my wine. Don't get me wrong. But I'm not going to sit up here and cash out and go all over a budget that I don't have at the moment just because I'm going through some stuff and feeding it to make me feel good for the moment. Mess around. Some of y'all getting DUIs, and I heard the DUI world don't mess around with them tickets and them big old fines. So find yourself. Go a little bit deeper. Go after joy more than happiness because they boot up together. But some of y'all is superficially looking for happiness and it's joy unspeakable that you really, really trying to tap into. So I love y'all for real. I'll see y'all on Facebook. Talk to Tasha. Life and Stuff group. We got it popping and we all in there supporting each other, speaking of real, real issues, real combos and real solutions. I'm your girl Tasha, online bestie. I'll see you guys at the top of your thinking process.